This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Uh, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast if you like what you're listening to and give us all of your your hard-earned money and many <laughs> stars on iTunes yes. or good reviews, whatever you want. Yeah. And before we start, let me thank some of our Patreon subscribers, Jennifer B., Diane E.B., Mike A., Seal H., Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate it. Don't worry. My husband was here when I was writing a card to Jennifer and Diane, and he did sing a, uh, a cover of Jack and Diane about them. Which so I know they appreciated. That's sort of the kind of quality <laughs> content we're dealing with. <laughs> so, uh, the only thing we chatted about before we started recording this is that it's been a really long week. It's been a lot, a <laughs> lot this week. I'm glad we're doing a nighttime record. We've yeah. been doing days and I haven't had my, my wine sustenance. <laughs> I feel like we're really going to need, need to... it. Yeah, it's this. really important. So we want to talk about the midterms, uh, but there's so many different versions of that story to talk about or so many yeah. aspects of it that we figured it'll just be one big mishmash until yeah. we get to other details. <clears throat> but um, first of all, like the person you people you canvassed for, they won. Yes. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Thank I you know, for I recognizing that. Yeah. But I'm curious. I was wondering when I saw those results come in, there were two suburbs of Chicago mm-hmm. where Sean Caston and Lauren Underwood were the Democrats mm-hmm. in really Republican areas. Mm-hmm. And they won. And it was like 53, 54 percent. So it was an insignificant. Close, but. But not like. Not. We're not recounting it. OK, so here's. But I was wondering what how you were what you were feeling at that time I because cry. you worked for it and. They well, did okay. Well, here's the thing. I, Mikey and I and Hammond and I were talking about like so much has happened since our last time recording. I, I can literally hardly fathom it because um, we recorded last time. Was it? I think it was Thursday during Something the like day. That. Yeah. So it's been a little more than a week. So that um, Friday evening, a couple of friends of mine came over, one of whom I got, I helped get involved in the Sean Caston campaign, and he got super involved. As he, as he and his husband were over for dinner, somebody called him and was like, since you've been a volunteer, we have tickets for you to go see Obama speak on Sunday. So <laughs> that happened. So the next day, uh, my friend Anne and I went to Canvas for Lauren Underwood, which was a huge thing. So in Chicago, I'm like right between Caston and Underwood's district. Right. Um, and Underwood sort of came out of nowhere, and so we decided we wanted to support her. So we went and canvassed. I don't even know if you've heard this story. I haven't I told you this story. I don't know that yet. I did, yeah. So um, we, so if, if you've ever been canvassing, you go and they give you like a territory, and it's just like the shittiest like map quest map, and then just like a list of the addresses and who lives there and who you want to talk to. Because it's not when you go door to door, quote unquote, it's not literally just door after door. You are specific given doors. Yeah, you're given specific doors and specific people in that house who are m- more likely... So basically, we were, we were only talking to people who were likely leaning Democrat and saying, like, hey, it's Saturday. Are you going to vote? Have you voted yet? Do you know where your polling place is? Can we make a plan to vote? So it's really, like, just getting out the vote as opposed to trying to persuade anybody. So anyway, we're walking down the street, and you get the name. And so it's one of those, like... You know, Anne was taking notes on some stuff, and I was reading, like, okay, we're going to knock on this door, and we're going to talk to Jessica and Mikey. But... And so we knock on, we get our address and it's like, we're going to talk to like Janice and Bruce and Lauren Underwood. And it was literally <laughs> Lauren Underwood, the candidate's house. And we just stood on her stupid, looked at each other like, 
what the f- <laughs> like the, and it like it gives their name it, so it said like 32 year old female or uh-huh. 33 or we're like that fits the description that's her she's i know she's from naperville <laughs> and so we just kind of like looked at each other in this comment so we knocked nobody answered and so we were starting to write a note and all of a sudden we hear like a tap on the window and she waved and gave us a, like a one second sign <laughs> and we're like oh my god like like children we were and so she opens the door and gives us a huge hug and we were all like it was it's like the opposite of oprah visiting georgia houses exactly (laughs) it was just the wildest thing it was so surreal she could not have been nicer or more fun she was like do you want tea and we're like we we kind of have to keep going shouldn't she be out doing we're busy she was writing thank you notes okay um and then Anne was like i'm so sorry can i use your bathroom and so I'm standing in like the foyer of Lauren Underwood's house and she was staying with her parents because she quit her job for a year. So she obviously right. was like, and she was like, which I've heard Republicans use against her. She said she brought, she's like, yeah, Republicans are trying to drag me for living with my parents. Like I quit my job. I can't afford that. And so we were like in her foyer, like looking up returns and what was going on. And Oh, it was, the, there's a picture on my Twitter. We uh, were on her Instagram stories. I don't know how that works. So I don't know if it still exists, but she did a video with us. Aww. But it was just so exciting and she could not have been nice. And like, she's fucking, she's my age. She's like, you're younger yeah. than me. And could have been any one of my friends. Like just so bright and capable. And we was like telling us a little bit about her sister who is a journalist. Like just, I. She's like a human. She's like a human person. Now, could you have that conversation with Ted Cruz? Would I want to? <laughs> if Ted Cruz invited me to his house, yes. I would run away like, <laughs> like it was Texas Chainsaw Mass or Zodiac Killer. Damn yes, it. Yes. I was really close. Make to sure anyway, you get the right serial killer to describe <clears throat> Cruz. Thank you. Anyway, yeah. it was just such a thrill and she was so nice and it super like energized us and it was a gorgeous day. Um, so anyway, it was so, so, so um, is such an amazing feeling to know that not just and because I couldn't vote for either Underwood right, or Caston, they're, Kasten. Not, they're not in my district. My district wasn't really in contention. <laughs> we have in any a normally awesome, but yeah. non-controversial, super non-controversial <laughs> guy. Um, Bill so, Foster, yeah, Bill, Fo- yeah, he's fine. Um, so it was he's just a PhD. You treat him with some respect, I'm sorry. damn it. I did when I found out that nobody primaried him. I was like, I should have primaried him, and Hammett was like, No, <laughs> do you not remember this conversation? I did we definitely this. have. <laughs> Don't primary the good ones. <laughs> I could have been the next. It doesn't matter. Anyway, um, it was great and it was meaningful. And and I so was, when she won, I did cry. Yeah, she didn't. Call me personally, which I thought was That's weird because I bad. thought we really made a connection. Yeah, the um, thank you notice coming. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, no, it's it's just really incredibly meaningful, and it's such a the difference between 2018 and 2016 was that I went to 20. Oh God, the. I mean, 2016 sucked, but I don't think either of us were necessarily doing anything and doing that, anything that's specifically exactly for my a point, candidate. Is that uh, like in 2016, I felt so confident that we were going to win, but n- I hadn't really put any legwork into it. I hadn't really donated. I didn't certainly didn't knock on doors. Yeah. So this time around, it felt a lot. I, w- I was more invested, and I kn- I felt like I knew these people, and it, like they're representing. And it was a good ending this time for that race. Yes, it yeah. was. There was some heartbreaks, 
So, I mean, some is still up in the air. It's Friday yeah. night as we but, record. But for the candidate you worked for, temp- <laughs> volunteered for briefly, that that is exciting. Yeah, it was it was great. That's really how did the judge do? Yeah, so uh, my wife was campaigning for a local judge, and I was, you know, I went to early vote. Contrary mm-hmm. to what I, I think I said, I, I was saying on the podcast, I think I remember, I was going to go vote on Election Day because mm-hmm. it's exciting and the energy's there. Then I'm like, screw it. I'll just <laughs> go after like some afternoon. Yeah. And I did. And there was no line and it was easy. So fine. But I remember looking at my ballot saying, cool, there's a bunch of the Illinois people, the Democrats that I was expecting to vote for. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the judge and I'm like, he has a D next to his name uh-huh. and he's up against another Republican. And I know who those names are because I've been obviously following that campaign. Right. But I imagine in anybody else does not know who these people are. And so I just remember thinking they're not going to know who he is, yeah. but they may very well just vote for another Democrat. Yeah. And this is the benefit of having good energy and having good candidates that he gets sucked up in that wave in a good way. Mm-hmm. It happened in Texas. It happened in Georgia in a lot of ways. Yeah. In Florida, too. And yeah, he won. And Mm -hmm. so did every Democrat down ballot that I remember marching in parades with over the summer and holding up signs for because they said, you're doing this because because they just told me where to go. And then I went. Um, (laughs) So that was uh, I wasn't at their victory party because I was Uh busy, like freaking out of my computer. Oh, and parenting your children. Uh, They're they're somewhere. (laughs) So, yeah, I was with the kids and stuff, but like. It was really neat to just watch the votes come in online and stuff. Yeah, like that, so. it was it was really rewarding, and I always liked that guy on MSNBC. What's his Kornacki. name? Kornacki. Oh, How I love him so much. Dare you forget much. his name for a minute? It's because I had Ben Bernanke <laughs> in my head and I couldn't get it out. Not nearly as interesting <laughs> to watch. Uh, yeah, so it was. Fun. I was up super late that day, but at yeah. least it wasn't as dis- depressing overall. No, uh, it wasn't. Let me bring up a different aspect of all of this. Uh, still talking about the midterms, but. Let me talk about the stuff I was watching in particular, because you guys, if you're listening to this, you've already heard all the national stories and what House, Senate and all that stuff. I was specifically trying to track the number of atheists running for office at the state level or federal level. Uh My thinking was, well, there's only a handful of them, so this should be easy to track. And in years past, it has been. And in years past, it absolutely has been, because we're talking maybe one who's not an atheist in Congress, but right. kind of says it in a squishy way, right. and maybe a small handful of state legislators. Mm-hmm. And I started putting together a list of every candidate. That I mean, we're done with the primary, so this is every candidate who's on the ballot. Uh-huh. Um, and I got in touch with the Center for uh, Free Thought Equality, which is... Um, the American, the Center for Free Thought Equality is a branch of the American Humanist Association, and they specifically are looking at atheism and politics and that relationship. And they have a Free Thought Equality Fund, a PAC. Mm-hmm. So they've donated money and given endorsements, and this is all legal to do. But I basically said, this is my list of all the candidates that I probably am going to be watching. Am I missing anybody? Yeah, is it comprehensive? Yeah. And I get a message back from a friend of mine, Ron Millar, who runs this thing. And he's like, you're missing some. And he <laughs> sends me the list he's keeping track of because they actually sent questionnaires to every candidate on the ballot statewide in every state and federally. We're talking a lot of questionnaires sent out. Yeah. But of course, these candidates get a million questionnaires. Sure. So he said they sent it out to everybody based on what they got back. If they gave a an answer regarding their religion... That was not a traditional faith. If they said none, unaffiliated, spiritual, but not religious, uh-huh. uh, Unitarian Universalist, but not a believer. If they gave something like that, they went on the list. Uh-huh. 
And this, and taking his information, taking out the people that were not state office, they were not running for state office, maybe city council. I took those out Mm -hmm. just to keep it a little easier. Sure. There was still over 150. Wow. Yeah. So there was a lot of people on this list. And so anyway, so I'm keeping track of them. And as, as all the results came in, here's the bottom line for how this worked. Um, We've talked about the free thought a Congressional Free Thought Caucus uh-huh. in the U.S. House. So uh, Representative Jared Huffman from California, he's the one guy in Congress who's openly humanist and a non-believer. Okay. Doesn't use the A word, but he is a humanist. He's the chair of the Free Thought Caucus. Mm-hmm. There are nine other members in the House, all Democrats, who are religious, but they say we support these values of church-state separation, uh-huh. uh, fighting anti-atheist discrimination wherever it exists. Like, there were nine of them who are religious. All of them got reelected. Uh-huh. There wasn't a contest with any of them. Oh, so cool. good. That's, that's good news. That's expected news. Then the question is, how many, and here's a couple of questions for you, how many non-religious, in some whatever label they use, mm-hmm. state senators are there now? Oh, God. And I'm saying state Senate because that's the upper house and all of these things. It's a little harder because they cover (laughs) bigger areas. But state senators, non-religious. 20? 15? I don't even know. Before before the week, Uh it was five. Okay. And when I was tracking, all five of them that I saw got Uh reelected. Um, then they added one to the list. I know it's small. I'll uh-huh. get to a bigger number in a second. But there are six who are openly non-religious. And the newbie to the list is a state senator in Nebraska, which famously has a unicameral. We don't have a House and a Senate. We just have a Senate. And What's that called? Unicameral? Unicameral instead of bicameral, right? Huh. Like civics from whenever no. anyone took that. I clearly right? did not pay attention um, to that class. But they only have state senators in Nebraska. She got elected. She is like our age. She's, um, I believe she's a mother. She's super progressive. Uh um, And she's an atheist. Her name is Megan Hunt. Cool. She just got elected. And if you look at her Facebook, this is the sort of thing where, you know, we joke like, oh, we run. This is what it would look. No, that's what her page looks like. It's like someone who's who's passionate and wanted to run and did the groundwork Uh to make it work. And she won. And more power to her. That's incredible. So she joins Ernie Chambers, who's been there for like 40-some years, (laughs) who's a legend Uh in terms of politics. Longest-serving guy, I think, in Nebraska's history. Um, There are now two openly atheist politicians in there. That's amazing. We also have Juan Mendez in Arizona. There is a guy named William Brownsberger in Massachusetts, Martha Hennessy in New Hampshire, and Dick McCormick in Vermont. They they may not all use the A word, but they're all openly non-religious. That's awesome. We uh, we saw Ernie Chambers speak. Do you remember this? Uh, He was in Chicago for the American Humanist Association conference a year or two ago. And yeah, he's a very unique, distinct guy if you ever listen to him talk. And he's a compassionate. Helen speaker and he yeah. sh- like he should and he wears like a crew neck sweatshirt he's like this is all i wear <laughs> like get out of my face <laughs> it's he's a really cool guy yeah and then we get to the state representatives okay and so this is the I feel like you're tricking me into giving you a wrong answer i i'm not tricking you here um but this is one where there were so many all those 150 names we were talking about uh-huh. this is where the bulk of them were running for okay. the state house and we're talking like 30 people were reelected. Another, like, eight were new to the list. Uh Like, there were a lot of people who got elected. I can't even run through their names because there are so many, and there's still a couple of those elections still outstanding. But 
That's huge. I, we, I yeah. went from knowing like, oh, there's like a dozen non-religious candidates nationally <laughs> right. to, oh my God, there's like closer to 50. Well, because um, 2012 was the time that I was like covering when I was writing for Friendly Atheist yeah. and obviously it was an election year. And I remember that was a thing like, you and I were live blogging or something like that just to keep up with like the three like <laughs> non-believer candidates. Right. And we're like, we got to keep tabs on this. Right. And so there's so many, which is exciting. Now, I want to raise a couple questions that I've heard in response to all this and, and respond to them. One is, uh, first question, not a trick question. See if you can get this right. Oh, how many of these people who got elected as non-relig- openly non-religious politicians, how mm-hmm. many are Republicans? One. Close. Zero? That is right. Okay. <laughs> Literally none of <laughs> wow. them who were even on the ballot were Republicans. I statistically one I think of them there must was, be Republican. There was one Green Party candidate oh. he lost. Um, that was it. Okay. Everyone's a Democrat. So that's not surprising to me, uh-huh. but that's, that's true. Um, another question is that I heard from critics who was like, why are you compiling this list? It's who cares if they're atheists because... Why would I support them just because they're atheists? You which know, I'm actually, I kind of don't want you to answer this yeah. because I feel like that keeps happening time and time again <laughs> of like, oh, uh, Colorado has its first openly gay governor. Why are you Who playing cares? identity politics? Like, I just, <laughs> I don't, I feel like answering this question is, they're, it's not a, it's not an honest question. Like, if you don't understand why it's important that more women are serving in Congress right now, more non-believers and more people of color if you don't understand that, it's because you don't want to. So, like, get out of here. Like, I don't want that. <laughs> I, I would add to that. There is. I would add to that. I will answer the question. I will answer the question. <laughs> because I've been thinking about this and why I think it matters. Yes, there's the symbolic importance of it. But it is meaningful because we're talking about different issues that come to the forefront. Right. Which is important when we're talking about Native Americans and Hispanic women and, and different right. people who get elected. That's That's one thing. But in this case, I would say... It's actually not a big deal to me that I'm, it's not like I'm saying they all should be endorsed and supported no, because I mean, they're atheists. Never said that. No, uh, yeah, of course, no one ever said that, but that's the argument. I'm not saying you should support them mm-hmm. by all means. Look at their platform, decide to support them. I think this is important to point out for a lot of reasons. Um, but I would love for the opportunity to say, yeah, he's an atheist, but I don't like his politics yeah. and I don't like this character. I don't have that option right now. Right. And <laughs> I would like, love to have that opportunity that Christians have to say, well, that person says he's Christian, but those are not my values. Right. I would love to slice and dice the atheists <laughs> who are running for office. Well, but right now there is this symbolic idea that it shouldn't be a deal breaker for voters right. when they see someone who's openly atheist and say, who says, look, yeah, I don't believe in God. Let me tell you what I do believe in. And right. this is why you should vote for me. Right. That and should like, be fine. And it's becoming less of a deal breaker for people that's important and the more of these people who come out and say that the more that's going to happen well and we're supposed to be represented by the people who are leading us and like demographically that's not been true ever and at least we're getting closer to that being true like if it's not that i fundamentally disagree with the christians on everything but if everybody everybody who is leading this country is looking at the world from a christian 
slant, mm-hmm. then uh, no, maybe my voice really isn't being represented in the way that I want. Right. And I will tell you one more story that I, I have not posted about yet. I didn't tell you Ooh, this either. Breaking but this news. Is breaking news. This is the other reason I think it's important to keep track of this stuff because two things happened. As re- I have a spreadsheet that I was, I tweeted about it where I'm saying, look, this is where I'm keeping track of everything if uh-huh. you want to follow along. And I haven't seen this been that anyone do that, like keeping track of this stuff in real time. I've just seen lists after the fact, kind of. These are the people we know who are atheists in office. Uh, one thing is that when I saw that um, the senator from Nebraska now, uh, Megan, won, uh-huh. I was like, oh, this person who I'd been keeping track of won her race. Oh, she's an atheist. Oh, like she used the word atheist. Uh-huh. And oh, she's a challenger. Oh, that's a big deal that I don't think anyone's paying attention to. Sure. And that allowed me to draw some attention to that particular race. So, fine. The other thing is, because I was writing, uh, there was one other person that we've talked about before. His name is uh, Brandon Finney, who's from New Hampshire. And he was someone who... I think he wrote a letter to the editor of a local newspaper where he talked about, we have to do this, like we have to think about things from logic and reason and not from a faith perspective, something like that. And I reached out to him. I'm like, are are you an atheist? Because (laughs) you sure sound like one in that letter. He's like, yes. I'm like, do people know this? Because you're a Republican and that's unusual. Uh He's like, well, I'm more of a libertarian. But I mean, but he said, I mean, it's not a secret for me. And so I'm like, well, that's a big friggin' deal to me. Yep. And I could write about that, and I did, and local papers picked it up in his area. The fact that this was the highest-ranking, openly atheist Republican in office uh-huh. at the time. By the way, he later switched to the Libertarian Party, and this week he got voted out. Okay, wow. because oh, you're, a third, you're a third-party candidate <laughs> when there's a Democrat and Republican on the ballot. He got trounced. Oh, wait, dude, atheist is a libertarian. Believe I've it or not, I've never heard of such a thing. But here's, what an anomaly. here's where I'm going with that. When I posted about those stories, uh-huh. all based off of keeping track of all these people, someone slid into my DMs <laughs> basically saying... Basically saying, I'm an atheist and I'm a politician. Like, you are not on my list. You are not on the Center for Free Thought Equalities list either. Really? And I'm like, did, first of all, I'm like, to the CF, uh, Center for Free Thought Equality, I'm like, did you know about this person? And they said, we never heard back from her. We did send a questionnaire. And then I asked the person, I'm like, did you get a questionnaire? She said, I never received it. So miscommunication or something. But I had a conversation with her earlier today, actually, um, for an article. And I'm just like, where, where, did anyone know this about you? (laughs) She's like, yeah, I don't hide it. Sure. Um, But it's also New Hampshire and people know her as a (laughs) vocal feminist and someone who is basically what our Twitter feeds probably look like right, right. in responding to a lot of the news. And so I think people, maybe maybe they assumed it, but they were not surprised by it. And well, I'm just like, the fact that you are open about it mm-hmm. and that it's not a big deal for you. I even asked her, I'm like, are, are you okay if I publicize the fact that you're an atheist? And she's like, I say fuck on Twitter. Of course, I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, that is all right That's then. Really Something good. like that. But the fact that when people saw that there are people in office right now who we know are non-religious, but right. they're not public about it. Right. And seeing other people coming out and like not being afraid of it and realizing that, oh, I should be on that too, I think it helps well, in that regard. And I think in a lot of places in the country, including arguably a lot of the area where we live, religion is less of an issue. Like it's 
like I'm thinking of my representatives, most of whom I follow on on Facebook or whatever, or like even say Pritzker, who's our new governor. Yeah, put a gun to my head, I could not tell you what religion he was, and it's right. and it's not a thing that I've been looking into, obviously. But I feel like this this sort of like kowtowing to the religious right or like. Make sure you get pictures of me going to church every Sunday. It's it's just becoming antiquated. Nobody gives a shit because right. because it's been proved time and time again that people who espouse Christian beliefs tend to not govern with them in a traditional in a way that we would think is Christian. So like, who gives a fuck? Like, right. fucking Trump says that he's a Christian. Like, <laughs> okay, he's doing our work for us. <laughs> but the, the idea that it shouldn't be a big deal and the more... And imagine how many people saw those election results and you see Lauren Underwood, who's a black woman, or uh-huh. you see Ocasio-Cortez, or you see the Native American women. It's like, oh, if they're doing it, I can do this too. And it, yes. And, and I realize the, the barrier to overcome for the ones I just said is much bigger than the one for being an atheist. Sure. But in terms of how society treats people who are non-religious and views them and thinks of them as immoral, well, seeing politicians who are fighting for good values and, and have a good platform and who are like, oh, by the way, I'm not doing this because my religion inspires me to yeah. do it. That well, goes a long way. And we're getting away from, I think, this this sort of cookie cutter look at what a politician is and what a, cookie, uh, what a, what a politician looks like because I, it, it's just no longer relevant. It's, it's just... It, thing that is becoming but it's like wearing a suit to the office every day it's just a thing that doesn't matter anymore and many people are probably like oh remember those days when you wore suits and hats to the office like yeah that probably sucked i bet that was hella uncomfortable my dude <laughs> um but but god i'm thinking when uh beto uh gave his concession speech he said fuck on like live <laughs> television yes. and that, and they tried to make a news story out of it and everyone's like i don't it doesn't matter. It doesn't, like, <laughs> none of, and maybe we could, and I'm using big air quotes when I say thank, maybe a lot of that is due to Trump that these, what we're looking for in a leader is changing, I guess. Like, they, yeah. we don't expect them to look and talk and act like this really fancy, like, buttoned-up dude. Um, and it feels... Like, lower, lowering the barrier of entry isn't what I want to say because it makes it sound like it's, like, easier to get into politics but it feels more accessible it feel it feels for the first time in my entire life i'm like oh maybe i could run for something i probably won't i can't imagine <laughs> i'd be a particularly good candidate or no one would take my garbage on but it, like again meeting lauren underwood i'm like you're just like one of my cool bright friends we need more people who are like my cool bright friends <laughs> in we need more people like me yeah Thank you. Thank you, finally, for, uh-huh. for admitting that. Also, <laughs> quick sidebar, RE yeah. religion. Um, today, I had to get some, like, lab work done. Yeah. Do you see? I got blood drawn. Yes. And because I'm a white, I <laughs> am bruised. Like, yes. my entire elbow is bruised. Um, they were, like, checking me in. And so they're, you know, ask your birthday and your address. And she goes, is there a religion you'd like to denote? And I went, no. <laughs> like, a weird <laughs> way. And she asked me, like, four more questions. She's writing something down. I was like, why did you ask me my religion? <laughs> and she's like, oh, in case, like, something happens and you want, like, a congregation to be notified or something like that. And I was like, okay, because I've been sitting here for 30 seconds. Like, why the fuck did she ask me that? Does she know who I am? <laughs> nice. It was really weird. <laughs> Anyway, um, I want to go through... Oh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I still have more. Oh, no. no. I have more. Uh, this is Please, an election. go for it. Okay, so I want to go through a couple of the firsts yes. that, have, that happened. Many of them are related to women, uh, not all. 
Um, and I, uh, okay, so uh, first Muslim woman, uh, Rashida. Oh, God, I should have practiced these names. This, this is fun because you're white. Go for it. <sighs> oh, the whitest. Uh, Tlaib, T L A I B. You don't fucking know. No, I'm just <laughs> having fun listening to you screw uh, up. Ilha, uh, Ilhan Omar, the f- two first Muslim women elected to Congress. Um, Ayanna Presley is the first African American woman to represent um, Massachusetts in Congress. Uh, Johanna Hayes uh, will become the first African American woman to represent Connecticut in Congress. Alexandra Ocasio Cortez, youngest woman elected to Congress, 29. Are you fucking kidding me? Gotta um, be 25. You can beat. I mean, people could beat that. Yeah, it's not. It's not insurmountable. Uh, two Democratic women in Texas, uh, Veronica Escobar of El Paso, and Sylvia Garcia of Houston, will be the f- state's first Latinas to serve in the House of Representatives. Um, Jared Polis is the first openly gay man elected as governor in any state. Uh, Janet Mills uh, will is Maine's first female governor. Uh, Lourdes Leon, uh, Gu- Gu- God damn it, Guerrero. God, uh, I can't say it. Go on. Yeah. I have Guillermo del Toro in my head, and it kind of looks like that. That is the most racist thing I've heard in the last seven seconds. First of all, how dare you? Second of all, I took like six years of Spanish. (laughs) I have to. I would She is the uh, first female governor of Guam. So those are just a handful. There's actually a couple, like the first senator from Tennessee was a woman, but she's like anti-choice. But, so yeah, like fuck that noise. <laughs> I don't wanna I'm I'm honor I'm Marshall acknowledging Blackburn that she, count for I'm anything. acknowledging that she's there. I do not wish to tout it right, right now at this right. present moment in my life. Right. It's like, oh look, Martha McSally might be the senator from Arizona. Isn't it exciting? It's a woman. No, it's not exactly the glass ceiling that we're looking, looking for, but all right. Not, not the glass ceiling <laughs> of my me, dreams. Thank uh, you. Let me go back to another thing that has to do with uh, atheist voters, oh, because okay. the one of the questions that I know I've had for a while is, why don't politicians ever pay attention to our needs, in big quote hands, but like, what are our needs? It's, it's yeah. church-state separation, yeah. pro-science, pro-education, comprehensive sex ed. Because they tend to line up with liberal ideals. Yes. So like, why do Republicans give and a fuck? You don't have to be specifically atheist to support those things, but mm-hmm. those are things that matter to a lot of atheists. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the problem. We are a growing part of the American population. Like, more than 25% of Americans are non-religious in some form. Right. But we always punch under our weight when it comes to voting. So, in the last midterm, so 2014, we were 22% of the population, but only 12% of the voters in the midterms. But evangelical Christians always punch above their weight. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they're a majority of the population. I'm sorry, the, the Christians in general, majority of the population, but more of them vote. Mm-hmm. In, Same with old people. Right? Yeah. Old people love to vote. They love yeah. that shit. Young people love ideas uh-huh. of changing, but too lazy to do Wait, it. Wait, hold on, really quick. This is my favorite thing to yeah. do. Hey, guys who are really mad that there's a two-party system when Bernie <laughs> didn't get the nomination... What are you doing now? Are you like if you're doing something that's great? If not, when 2020 comes around, I don't want to fucking hear from you. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so 22 percent of uh, in 2014 we were 22 percent of the population, 12 percent of voters. This time around, um, even if we're I don't know what the percentage is of us, like maybe 25 percent. But instead of 12 percent of voters, it went up to 17. Oh. That is a big jump because that 12 was stuck at that number for several, for more than a decade. Yeah. So it's going up. And meanwhile, evangelicals 
as a percentage of voters, white evangelicals, uh-huh. are going down. That is not insignificant, but it won't matter unless more of us vote, and in this case, more of us vote for Democrats. I have to say, I'm surprised by that because the turnout of like 18 to 25 and even like up through 35 was incredibly high. Right. So you would imagine there would be even higher percentage right. of non-religious voters, but I, because everyone was coming out for this one, yeah. relatively speaking. Um, and one other thing to point out is that 81% of white evangelicals supported Trump in 2016. Like we knew that with the exit polls and it was stunning. It's like, seriously, this is the guy who represents your beliefs. All right. Um, when it came to like house candidates, okay. 75% of evangelicals, I'm sorry, I should say when it came to white evangelicals specifically, 75% of them voted for the Republican on their ticket for the U.S. House, Okay, which is to say it's down from 81, but not that much. But at the same... I'm kind of surprised it's down since Trump wasn't on the ticket. Yeah, but they still voted Republican. They haven't been turned off from the party entirely. And for the nuns, the non-religious people, 70% of us voted for the Democrat on the ticket. Again, lower than I would expect. I know. It to There's be. more of us who voted Republican or voted for a third party than you might expect. Yeah. And it's more breaks from the liberals than even white evangelicals are from Republicans. Yeah. So just interesting to note. But I would I think it's important to note that for the past several midterms, we are talking about eight percent we nuns were eight percent of the voters, eleven, twelve. 12, now 17. Okay. That's a, that is a big jump. Yeah, that is a huge jump. Right? Okay, I want to bring up one more thing about the election specifically, which is, this is a question I was debating with some people. Wh- who won the election, Democrats or Republicans? Democrats. Why? Because we retook the House and the seats that we did lose in the Senate were in red states that yeah. we didn't have a great shot at anyway. We never were going to take the Senate. It just wasn't, it wasn't in the cards. It would have been really Not hard. in this election cycle. Too many red state um, senators and, were And up. we don't know what the final count for Republicans in the Senate's going to be. It was 51 before the election. Yeah. And now it may be like 53, 54. Right. Depending on how these recounts go and stuff like that. But, but here is here is the big problem with that. And this is one reason that dis- whatever you want to say about a blue wave in the House and what it means for the future, this Senate election is a killer. And it's because think about the Brett Kavanaugh stuff. All the fights, all the weeks and weeks of confirmation hearings and drama surrounding it, all of that was because the question was, could two Republicans peel off yeah. and vote against him no. if Democrats stuck together? that will no longer be an issue. Because if Susan Collins or Lisa Murkowski or Jeff Flake or whoever like them, yeah. like if they say, you know what, we're not going to vote for this person. Now Republicans can be like, good, we don't need you, bye. Yes, yes, you're right. They can, sh- they can push through any judge at any level they want to for the next two years, and but there's they've virtually... they've always been able to. What the fuck were they doing in the last two years? They've they been, didn't... No, they've been they doing it. Who? They didn't, like, Kavanaugh, the worst of the worst, yeah. he, like, skated on through. He like, skated on through, but not before the drama, and there was maybe some thoughts. I, mean, I would say there was a uh, lower court judge, an appellate judge, who they were trying to push through, but when the reporting came out that this guy's made some really racist comments in the past, 
South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, who's like the one black Republican in the Senate, was like, I can't vote for this guy. Yeah. And they scuttled the entire nomination. So if one person spoke out, sometimes, and it happened a couple of times where it was too much even for them, that is no longer the case. And in the speed, they're going to do it faster now. If Ruth Bader Ginsburg's ribs fail on no, us. she's already back. She's tougher than she you and is, I combine. But I'm saying they could push through anybody they wanted who's worse than Kavanaugh. They could do it in every seat for the lower courts. And the 2020 Senate map, while it's not as bad as this one was, there's a, all the ones you would have to pick off on the Republican side to win mm-hmm. the Senate are in like deeply red states again. Yeah. So it's one of these things where Republicans may have control of the Senate for a while. And even if there's a, uh, another Democrat in the White House, that just means nobody's getting through versus yes, but someone sensible is getting through. I don't think you're wrong, and I'm not disagreeing with you. It's not things are... Hey, man. Sorry. You've had one quarter of a glass of wine, I and I can't... I had about two sips. <laughs> I can't trust you with anything. Um, so... Yes, we did lose seats in in the Senate, and there is there are problems with that. The, the thing is, I don't think that we. I think the Kavanaugh thing proved that we couldn't trust the GOP to break from their own party, except for like if if you can give me a litany of examples of people in the GOP opposing their own party instead of towing the line, and maybe I'm wrong. Right. Maybe the, those examples exist, but I don't. Like, we're not any worse off than we were before. Like, fucking look at what Kavanaugh had. Like, I, that was, that was if, if ever there was an example of the GOP not willing to break rank no matter fucking what, mm-hmm. that was it. So, like, I'm not losing sleep over losing those seats in the, hen- in, in the Senate. And getting the, con- like, getting the Congress back was huge. Yeah, it is and I don't want to downplay that. It but sounds like that's think exactly about, what you want to do. <laughs> if you think about the healthcare thing, you had... Murkowski and Collins, and then John McCain with his thumbs down. Right. Three people who defected. Yeah. So, but now we have the House, so they wouldn't pass that anyway. Right. Um, but when it comes to judges, you don't need the House. They can do it on their own. And the scary thing is there are not five Republicans or whatever you would need, four or five moderates, because Flake is gone. Mm-hmm. Even if you keep Collins, like, or any of the other ones, this is... Scary in the sense that they can confirm anyone they want to and no one can stop them. And if you like there's I think the number I saw was by the end of this term, the next two years, they if they fill in everything they want to fill in, we're talking 25 percent of every federal court Uh district, appellate court, Supreme Court, obviously 25 percent are Trump appointees. And think about this. If they're old Republicans, now's the time to retire because yeah. you could be replaced by an even younger one too. So more openings come up. And then even if you get a Democrat in the white house in 2020, what are you going to do? Fill in the blanks? No, we're just going to stop you. Like that's scary. The entire judicial branch is essentially gone. That is frightening because they're not going to nominate moderates. Why would they? Mm-hmm. They're going to nominate the crazies up and down the line, who's going to stop them? That is, to me, really, really awful. This show used to be fun to record. <sighs> you bummed me Never out fun. in a real My way. My job here... Okay, fine. You want a happy story? Are uh, we done with Congress? I guess. Or the, mid- the midterms? Yeah, sure. How long do we just kick around in the midterms? I don't know. Way minutes? too long. More than that. 
Um, here's the happy story. Kim Davis. Oh, yeah. Fuck that bitch. Yes. You said it. Kim Davis, the yeah, anti, you shouldn't say that. <laughs> anti-gay clerk, uh, county clerk from Rowan County, Kentucky, who said, oh, you're, you're same-sex couples and you want a marriage license even though that's legal? I don't like you because I'm Christian, <laughs> so I'm not going to sign your paperwork. Uh, she just lost the race. And maybe you saw that headline, yep. but there's a couple aspects of that that I think are just delicious <laughs> uh, when it comes to this. Uh, first of all, one of the people who wanted to fight her in the election oh, was a gay yes. guy that she denied mm-hmm. his marriage license. Now, that guy, David Ermold, he lost the primary, so he didn't get that opportunity. But the guy who did win the primary, his name is Elwood Cowdell, he won, uh, he won the race. That is an incredible name. It is. Uh, he won the race. Here's the tidbit about this story that struck me as just, oh, my God, how does that happen? So Cowdell won that seat. This year, he beat Kim Davis Um, four years ago in 2014. Those two also fought against each other for that same seat in the Democratic primary. What? Kim Davis used to be a Democrat. What? And she beat him in the primary by 23 votes. No Democrat has ever had those bangs. (laughs) So, and she said later when she got that seat and the years after that, she's like, the Democratic Party has left me. I am a Republican. Sure. It's like, really? You went from Democrat to what you are now? Wow. <laughs> like, that is not a little step over the line. That's yeah, a pretty big leap. But she beat this guy by 23 votes and he demolished her by like several hundred votes this time around. So that's one thing. I also saw that... Uh, I don't think you've seen this yet. Do you know what Kim Davis is going to be doing now? I, I literally, she has a future plan. I did not spare a thought to Kim Davis. What? This is all I've been thinking about for like <laughs> well, four I mean, days. In her post-political career, <laughs> I'm going to fuck. Tell um, me, tell me, tell me. Sure. This is according to Matt Staver, the Liberty Council attorney who basically has been her spokesperson for a long time. Um, first of all, he praised her for her campaign because she ran, I'm quoting from a Christian radio station that he was speaking on, she ran a very unconventional campaign. She didn't do fundraisers. She didn't go out and beat the bushes. I don't think that's the right terminology. But Um, not because she wasn't interested. She just wanted to do her job. Like, literally, that's the only thing she's famous for, not doing her job. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. (laughs) It's pretty fun. The Um, guy who won, Matt Staver goes on, the guy who won, frankly, he doesn't have a clue on how to run the clerk's office. Yeah, I bet there's, like, training, though. (laughs) I know. I have to assume, like, and this isn't me trying to belittle them. Nobody said that when anybody's, like, elected president. Like, he doesn't know how to be president. (laughs) Like, yeah, fucking nobody does. (laughs) Yeah, and the county clerk. There are people who know what they're doing who can help you out there. Yeah, it's, like, it's not rocket science. Yeah, not You'll just figure to that me what the county clerk's office does, but like, <laughs> come out. Here's, here's, if Kim Davis could do it. Right? Here's the kicker. Uh, what I think she's going to do and where she's been wanting to go is in some form of ministry. That's where the Lord has been leading her. Which means... God had her run for re-election, Lose. get nationally embarrassed in a loss so that she could help other people. I don't know. So she could go on the speaking circuit as a Christian martyr. That's what that means Can when she I wants to be Can I go back to the stupid thing the guy said a second ago yeah. about 
he doesn't know how to run the clerk's uh-huh. office. So is his argument that incumbents should always win no matter what? Is yeah. that what he's arguing? Like, do they hear themselves? Or the argument is that this job is super complicated. Oh. Only Kim Davis knew how to do it, Only even though the one thing she's known for is not doing her job. Not doing it. And this guy can is just impossible for someone new to figure this sure. thing out. And specifically this guy. I don't know how you know that he doesn't have a clue how to run the clerk's office. That's what everybody says about all Democrats. They don't know anything about anything. It's the clerk's office. You'll yeah. figure out the responsibilities. Yeah. Uh. Um, so in less happy news, the Trump administration, so this week has been fucking, I don't even have a single goddamn thing about Jeff Sessions. I (laughs) just so haven't, so much has happened this week that, and I feel like that happens every week that I take all my notes because I'll like bookmark interesting stories and get my notes off of there. But then sometimes I'll just be like, oh, I missed this whole enormous story because I just like forgot to bookmark (laughs) it and I get so deep in the weeds. So Sessions got fired. Does that mean, like, what does that mean? Do you know what it means? Um, like, yeah, are, it is means Mu- they're trying to just trample Is Mueller going to get shit canned? So I will tell you this. I think Mueller is, I hope, is smart enough to, like, anticipate a long time ago, there, Trump is going to want to get rid of the AG to put someone in charge who can get rid of me. Right. I hope he anticipated it enough to have a game plan in place. Like, Here's all the things all ready to go. Yeah, and he's been so quiet the last few months. Yeah. I assume he's been waiting for the midterms to to end. Anyway, so my point is, Wednesday happened, and we we're all reeling from the midterms and deciding what meant what, and did we win or did we lose or whatever. Uh, and then Jeff Sessions gets fired. And then uh, the Trump administration just went ahead and attacked birth control coverage again. Um, so the U.S. Health uh, Department of Health and Human Services has issued a final rule providing exemption from the contraceptive coverage mandate. So in other words, under Obama, under laws under the ACA, your employer has to provide you with birth control as a preventative thing. The same way they have to let you go get checkups and mm-hmm. shit like that. Stuff that we all need to like just get through our day. Um, so they have... Um, They've provided exemptions from that coverage, meaning it's easier for people to get around that. Um, the second rule, and this is what I think is interesting, the second final rule provides exemption to nonprofit organizations and small businesses that may have non-religious moral convictions to, convictions to such coverage. And like you know how I hate to make things about me, Hammett, no. but I fall neatly into the nonprofit and small business category. <laughs> so, like, let's not pretend this is a thing that only... Ha- like, oh, you're a Catholic school teacher, so, yeah, you shouldn't expect to get birth control. It's just idiots like me who just needed a job and would really like to also not be pregnant right now. Right. Like, it is it is unfathomable the, the way they're trying to peel these rights away. The it's, thing about the birth control thing is they used to say, well, if you have a religious objection to birth control, you should be able to get out of providing birth control for your employees. And basically what they did this week is to say, you know what? We don't actually care about religion. Anyone it's just who wants to stop women from having comprehensive health care and access to birth control, if you just want to, you can, you can do it. And so it's never really been about religious freedom. This has always been about stopping women from having the same rights. Which I just... 
I mean, God, how many times can I will never, ever, 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 ever understand why anybody gives a fuck about my birth control. <laughs> like the, it makes me like, I've had thoughts in my head of coming on this show and like describing things that are happening in my cycle and psychological, you know, hormonal you waited effects. waited until I was about I'm to drink ha- wine to say all this. Yeah. It happens once for a show. So I really have to, but like, because apparently it is everybody's fucking business. What goes on with my business. Right. So like, Cool. Do you want me to give you like weekly updates? Like I'm feeling kind of bloated today, Hammett. How are you? <laughs> Thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. Anyway, fuck that shit. I'm <laughs> furious. Um, there's a quote from uh, Fatima Gross Graves, who's the uh, president and CEO of the National Women's Law Center. She said the Trump administration decided to finalize these outrageous rules despite several pending lawsuits and two federal courts blocking them. It's clear this administration will stop at nothing to attack women's health care. By taking away access to no-cost birth control coverage, these rules try to give license to virtually any employer, university, or health insurance provider to, dis- to discriminate. But if the, ad- if the administration thinks that can... Uh, move these rules forward without a fight, they're wrong. Countless women depend on this critical birth control coverage for their health and economic stability, and we will continue to fiercely defend them. So hopefully Keep this isn't it. over. We'll see. Um, um, let's... Uh, it's all good news all the time. Let's bring well, up... You took the only fucking piece of good news, and you're like, <laughs> actually, it's terrible, Jessica. Feel bad about the country. <laughs> Um, Asshole. You're welcome. The The mass shooting that happened in California, uh, the only thing I want to touch on with that regarding this show is the mother of one of the victims, and yep. this happened to be a victim. Oh, I'm sorry. This was a guy who survived the shooting in Vegas mm-hmm. only to lose his life to the shooter in a California bar. In Thousand Oaks. Um, yeah, in Thousand Oaks. His mother was on TV earlier, and basically they asked her, you know, I forgot what they asked her, but... She responded to local media, and I'm going to quote this, and you're lucky that you're not hearing it from her voice because it will make you cry. Yeah, it's rough. Um, Basically telling the camera, I don't want prayers. I don't want thoughts. I want gun control. And I hope to God nobody else sends me any more prayers. I want gun control. No more guns. And when BuzzFeed News contacted her for comment, she said to them, I have two words, gun control. Now, 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 no more NRA, no more money, gun control now. On message. Yeah. Um, and, like, these last couple of weeks, there have been a couple of shootings that have barely been blips on the radar. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I don't know if it was a tweet or, or whatever, but I saw somebody said, like, two years ago, we would say, you know, don't say the shooter's name. They wanted to be famous. Don't give their name any publicity and now like put a gun to my head i can tell you the last five school shooters or the last yeah. shooters I, there's just too many i can't keep track of yeah. them and the fact uh that we're not even talking about how are we going to stop these attacks in the future we're not- that's not a conversation a lot of people are having today it's just kind of oh thanks another day just, another dollar yeah, like it's how it works it's now par for the course god there's a school that there was a school shooting and they went back to class that same day jesus like, it's just, it's unbelievable. Um, it's unbelievable that people are okay with this. <sighs> Wait, I, want, I have another kind of downer. Please. Um, before we... We're a happy podcast here. Yeah. Oh, my God. All the rest of mine are downers. Um, so this is sort of a downer, but it's 
positively framed. Um, so Michelle Obama has a new book coming out. Yeah. Um, it's memoir. called Becoming. It's a memoir. Yes. Um, and she uh, had an interview, and she spoke about um, the fact that she miscarried 20 years ago and that she um, conceived Malia and Sasha through I- IVF. Um, and so her quote was, um, I felt like I felt lost and alone and I felt like I'd failed because I didn't know how, I didn't know how common miscarriages were because we didn't talk about them. We sit in our own pain thinking that somehow we're broken. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why I think it's important to talk to young mothers about the fact that miscarriages happen and the biological clock is real. I think it's the worst thing that we do to each other as women, not share the truth about our bodies <laughs> and how they work and how they don't work. Um, and I just have a lot of respect for for that. And the fact that they didn't talk about that for so many years, because whatever I don't know what the reason was, whether they just felt it was a private matter, I none mean, of people business. just don't talk about that kind of thing, right? And um, but I know it's a memoir, and she's looking for publicity, obviously. But that is not a thing that they brought up when it. You could have earned compassion points if you're on the campaign trail. You could have talked I'm, about it, in, but they felt but, for but whatever we, reason. We frame miscarriages as this really deeply private thing, mm-hmm. which, like, absolutely, if if that's your if that's your desire to keep it private, you can. But unfortunately, the effect is we don't realize how incredibly common miscarriages are. I think mm-hmm. it's something like one in eight pregnancies and miscarriage, which is, I mean, some of them are before you even know you're pregnant or it could be a very deeply wanted pregnancy. Um, so, I don't know. I just, I have a lot of respect for her coming forward. It's the same, not that we're the same, but, like, I try to talk about mental health issues on the show because I I think destigmatizing these kinds of things and shedding light on them is good. So I'm really, really happy that, that she's using her platform for good, as usual, because she's dope. Yeah. Uh, here's a story I did not tell you, and I was waiting until we started recording to tell you this. Um, so I was going to call you up earlier tonight and cancel on this and say, we'll reschedule to record this, because I got an email this afternoon saying, hello, we're from Fox News. <gasps> oh, I know. We're from Laura Ingraham show. <gasps> And can you come on to talk about saying thoughts? What is it about saying thoughts and prayers and I guess why it's wrong or something like that? By the way, Mike Huckabee is guest hosting (gasps) and Tony Perkins is the other guest. And so I thought about this for a split second. I'm like, I know why they want me there because they want to dunk on me somehow. I haven't figured out exactly... my first thought is, I wonder if the shooter said something about thoughts and prayers and they want to pin it on me. And the truth is, he did. Oh. He said something about like thoughts and prayers before he shot something. But it's like, all right, I've, I've, done, I've played that game with them before. Um, Have you been on Fox News? A, a couple times. Oh, sorry. Um, one time, one time a couple guy. of years ago, it was a small incident involving a Christian student. I think someone sneezed. A Christian student said, bless you. And... The teacher said, you're talking, get out of here, and kicked her out of the classroom. So, of course, that's, you know, religious persecution. And I remember I, call, I was writing about that. I called the principal up, and we had a brief conversation. And basically, the story I got is they just they wanted to make sure. It wasn't you said, bless you, so I'm kicking you out. It's right. you're talking during a test. Yeah. And if one kid talks during a test, other kids are going to start talking during uh-huh. a test. You shut them up immediately. Yeah. That's what the teacher was trying to do, and the Christian student took it as religious offense. Anyway, I was like, oh, I get what the teacher was trying to do. It's really just a miscommunication. So when I spoke to the Fox News people, I let them know, like, I don't think this is 
I don't think the teacher's mad because the student said, bless you. I'm a teacher. Yeah. And I'm telling you, if a kid talks, period, I don't care what they're saying, you got to put kick them out. Yeah. But I also don't think the student, like, was wrong to say, bless you, when someone sneezed. That's just a natural... Whatever. I thought it was a perfectly reasoned response to the whole thing. And then about a little... I was talking to a producer about uh-huh. this. And they're like, all right, cool. We have all the background we need. Um, get ready. We'll, we'll do it via Skype for this particular interview. Was it his phone? Uh, yeah. And then about 30 minutes later, I get an email from them. You know what? Uh, there's some breaking stuff happening, news, breaking news. So we're going to cut that segment, I think. So thanks for your time. Maybe not another time. Uh-huh. And then, no, they did do that segment, but they brought on an atheist who was like, how dare this student get angry? This teacher was right all along. Like someone who is more oh ardent God. about it. So anyway, so I get this email from them and I realized, oh, they sent it like 20 minutes ago, but I was busy. And so I'm just getting to this now. So I wrote back. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll do it. Tell me what you need from me. And I get a split second later an email. We got somebody else. We don't need you. Fine. So fine. I, I'm fully. Twist. It was me. <laughs> well, so here's my question. This thing, as we are recording this, they are going to air that segment in 20 minutes. And here's my question. I wonder who they got instead, because my guess is they reached out to a few different people, sure. but they were looking for the atheist who's like, thoughts and prayers are stupid. How dare anyone offer those? And I get the sentiment, yeah. but the, like, my argument would have been thoughts and prayers are fine, but follow it up, right? right? Don't just say it, act on yeah, it. Because I, because I think people's problems with thoughts and prayers is that we get it from politicians and they don't do anything to actually stop the problems have the ability to do (laughs) something about it that's right and so my question i what i'm really wondering and i'll figure this out after we're done recording is i wonder who they got and i wonder what they got want that person to say yeah Um, should we watch it when we're done we can we can try uh but anyway it was just uh huh well i told them all right if you got somebody else so be it feel free to contact me again do you know who they got last time around um I do. I won't say the name because I wasn't upset with who they chose or anything. But it wa- it was just, oh, I know that atheist. Uh-huh. <laughs> they were looking for a token atheist to, sure. to play the bad guy role. And I'm like, I know that's what they're setting me up for here. And I feel like I can take them on. I'll play this game with them. That's what huh. I mean. Like, So I'm sure whoever they got will do the same. Or they will go with someone who is just... <laughs> who is just a really bad representative who just makes everybody look bad. I don't know which one they went with. I would like for you to be on Fox News just so I can get a sound clip of them saying friendly atheist sarcastically. (laughs) 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 And I would make it my ringtone. Thank you. (laughs) So anyway. Oh, uh, and I will add one more uh, last thing on my end here, which is uh, we're recording this Friday night. This will be out on Saturday. Um, On Sunday, uh, Sunday night, I will be in St. Louis. Oh. Um, I will be speaking at a church in St. Louis. Uh, the pastor was very nice about it. He said, look, I speak to a lot of young people on Sunday nights. Why don't you come out there, talk about your story, where you're coming from as an atheist. He will talk a little bit about changing religious demographics and what that means for Christians. Huh. We'll have a little Q&A session with the audience. We'll call it a wrap. Um, But that information will post on the page. So if you're around St. Louis, uh, it's Manchester United Methodist Church 
Uh, but I'll post all that information. I think it's 7 o'clock on Sunday night. Do you fly to St. Louis or drive from here? I was going to drive until I realized, wait, it's just me driving. No one's coming with me. I guess I'll fly now. <laughs> uh, so I'll fly there. But um, yeah. So if you're in the St. Louis area, come there. Stop uh, Stop on by. Say hello. Dope. Um, it'll, be, it'll be good to have some supporters in front of our church crowd. So I'm looking forward to that. That's cool. Yeah. I'm done. Um, I had a couple more stories, but I don't, uh, they're not. One we is could. just an. I just felt like you were like signaling me to wrap it up. I'm tired. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, really quick. I hope you have time for this. Yes. Hammett. Yes. Uh, in Oak Park, which is near us, it's yeah. a near uh, western suburb of Chicago. Um, uh, Oak, uh, Oak Park and River Forest High School is having an assembly um, this morning, Friday yeah. morning. Yeah. Um, when somebody airdropped an image of a swastika to everybody's what? phones. What? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's like evil and devious. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it was just one of those things that happened. I was like, that's the fucking craziest thing. So That's how they do it at assemblies now? That's some sort of... Well, I mean, airdropping, man. like, I can airdrop you yeah, without, you can. like consent i guess is the word like i can just like send something to you i guess i mean i think i would if have I to accept it but if i but you saw can see f- the preview maybe a small preview you're right but like i would yeah. probably and accept like it if someone tried airdropping fucking recognizable <laughs> even in a small little thumbnail i was gonna say if i saw anything i probably wouldn't even look at the picture it's like oh airdrop fine i'll accept it mm-hmm. and it's like oh my god yeah man that's messed up yeah it's it's what did the school do? Uh, so you know? they they called the police immediately. It sounds like it was handled as well as it could be in the situation. Um, they, as of this article, they found the person. Their name isn't released, I assume, because yeah, they're did. a minor. Um, the agency worked in conjunction with school administrators, security staff. Um, so yeah, they found him. It's just a like buck wild thing to happen, and I'm sure it's just like some idiot kid who was trying to get a rise out of... Uh, you know what? I don't know that. I was going to say, like, it's probably just someone trying to get a rise out of out of the class and get attention, and that's the worst thing they can think of. Right. Or maybe there's a white supremacist in Oak Park. You never know. N- neither of those things would surprise me. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, let's call it. Let's call it. Uh, do you have any happy things? Other uh, than yeah, you know what? It's been, like... A really wild week. Um, my husband and I got last minute tickets to this like wine and dinner thing hosted by um, Kyle McLaughlin, who's an actor from Twin Peaks. Who and Sex in the City and Sex in the City. Thank you for that I relevant. I haven't I seen think every he was episode. On Desperate Housewives. He, he was. was. De- Your media consumption <laughs> is so befuddling to me. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, he was also in the Flintstones live action movie. Um, So he owns a winery, and so he'll go around, and, like, it was more money than Mikey and I normally spend on <laughs> a Monday night, but it was just a really cool, fun thing to do, and we got and to see... And he happened to be there. Yeah, he was there, and we talked to him, got a picture with him. It's up on um, on Twitter, probably. He's very nice. Um, Mikey got a little drunk and did ask if when Cal McLaughlin signed his wine bottle, he specifically asked for a Flintstones quote, <laughs> which he took in stride very well. That was really pleasant. Um, the midterms were great. Going to see a Bulls game tomorrow night. Look at you. Yeah, I'm into bull- my this is free tickets from like Mikey's coworker's wife. Nice. Yeah, apparently they're good. So I might be on TV. I might wear something. Really, maybe I'll wear that somewhere. I don't know who's on the team anymore. You know what? Mikey and I did the same thing. We're like, who 
do we know? We yeah. don't know anybody. So we're yeah. officially like those people who sit behind me in the Cubs game. You could substitute like, the entire team for like Duke's basketball team, and I probably wouldn't be able to know the names. Certainly like, It'd not. be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the guy on our team. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Mikey went through the list, and we're like, none of these names even sound familiar, <laughs> which I don't mean to like be an asshole about it, because I know people genuinely do love basketball, and I'm taking up probably a well, decent seat, but like, I don't know, it'll be fun. The and sad thing is I do pay attention to like Chicago sports, and I do pay attention, I did pay attention to the Bulls at one point not that long ago. For right. some reason, whatever the reason is, basketball, of all the things, has fallen off. Totally fallen off the radar See, for me. I'm not right with stuff. Uh, I'll f- watch the finals and stuff, when or the <laughs> playoffs when it's going on yeah but not i'm not into it i'm just watching for the no, sake of watching i was that way with football like i kind yeah. of drifted away and then like all the really fucked up stuff happened with the <laughs> nfl and i was like cool i'm just gonna call this like a moral crusade that i don't watch <laughs> the nfl anymore yeah but um but yeah so that's that's good we're 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 in for a, a little treat Have fun with that. thank you how about you my friend um yeah, just you get coaching to go to i'm going yeah <laughs> we started our competitive season for the thing i coach so we have a tournament tomorrow <laughs> So for all the, the thing you coach, the, the public speaking, competitive, whatever you, people want to call it, no one ever gets it. The so it's cool like, jacks, you mean? That's what I tell people. <laughs> so we're doing that tomorrow, and then I'll go to St. Louis. Fun. Yeah, are so. you excited? Are you yes. staying with somebody? Staying in a hotel? No. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> I'm sleeping, and then I'm coming home, and then it's <laughs> that's the sad part about this. Like it's all in and out trips. Yeah. So. But that'll be good. It'll um, Hemant, where can we find you on the? I'm Twitters? at friendlyatheist.com. I'm at Hemant Meta on Twitter. Um, go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Yeah, support us. Um, you can earn goals, thank you notes from us. I do cross stitches for a certain level of donors. And we're trying to get enough money to like do a live show, which would be cool. We'll so contribute to that if you'd like. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. You can go to my um my Etsy shop. Um, bitches get stitched done. Um if you're looking to get something for the holidays, get it in soon. I actually just did a custom order for a listener and I've got another one um, f- that I got a nice note. Who's from a listener oh. in order in the queue. I'm, I'm working on them. You guys, it's they're very time consuming and I have yeah. a stupid full-time job this year. Um, I guess that, right. Oh, you know, we didn't get any, oh, we got a couple nice emails, but we didn't get anything that was like listener maily, like question answer. Friendly so yeah, if you have something at Gmail, at Gmail, we read them all. Um, And if they're stupid, I scoff at them like this. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week.